What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant superintendents, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, write a review, and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. I'm the sponsor. (laughs) The best way to support the podcast is just pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, or Teachers Deserve It. They are all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold, as you can imagine. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if your organization, your school, your district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, and I would love to work with you. I am on the tail end of my summer kickoff keynote extravaganza every summer for about six weeks. It's just uh, super busy. I have 27 keynotes and events this summer. It is so fun and so awesome. You can probably hear my voice. It sounds a little gravelly. And it just does in the summertime because I'm just talking basically Monday through Friday for like six or seven weeks. Adam, welcome at gmail.com or Mr. Adam, welcome for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. All right, my guests for today, plural, I have two guests, Becky Alexander and Kelly Baker. They work at a uh, school in Oklahoma, Morris, Oklahoma. And Becky reached out to me. Becky and I had met years ago at the Oklahoma um, Oklahoma Principal Conference. And she told me that, she said, hey, we have a therapy dog program in our district. Uh, they have two dogs, Kalani and Shadow. And uh, would they, could they come on and, uh, and talk about their therapy dog program. And I said, heck yeah, that sounds awesome. So we did. And the conversation was awesome. They have so many really cool ideas and resources. And let me tell you, just this summer, I've seen probably close to 10 therapy dogs in schools all across the country in many different states. And I don't know about you, but I have a dog and I love when my dog is there for me if I'm feeling sad or stressed or whatever. And um, I'm sure you've seen a video or have heard about therapy dogs. And um, it's just a really great resource for our kids and for our our staff. And Becky and uh, Kelly just break it down really well. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Today on the show is a little bit different episode than I would uh, I would normally have on, but uh, I got a really, really fun email from a principal in Oklahoma, Becky Alexander, telling me about a program that maybe you've read about um, in different um, articles or and such uh, about therapy dogs. And Becky and her awesome counselor, Kelly Baker, 
have started bringing therapy dogs into their schools. And let me tell you, in my travels, I've seen a few therapy dogs and I've read some articles and I was fascinated. So I said, Becky, Kelly, come on the show to talk about this super unique and awesome and important and needed service that you're bringing to a school. And I'm going to imagine not just for the students, but I'm going to project and say that the teachers and the staff in the building, I'm sure, um, come down for some therapy time with the dogs as well. But uh, Becky and Kelly, welcome to the show. Becky, introduce yourself a little bit further and uh, just kind of give us the lowdown. Hi, I'm Becky Alexander, and I'm the Morris Elementary School principal in Morris, Oklahoma, and I am starting my 10th year as the Morris Elementary principal, and we have an amazing school. I have our district-wide, we have about a thousand students in my building, pre or in our building, pre-K through fifth grade. We have about uh, 475, and I, we love what we do every day. We take the team atmosphere and the therapy dogs have just kind of become students in our school as well. So that's, we just love Morris Elementary. I love it. Kelly, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Kelly Baker. I'm going into my second year uh, at Morris Elementary School as the elementary counselor. Um, last year, I was able to be hired for this rural district as the elementary counselor through a grant facilitated by our state superintendent, Joy Hoffmeister, to implement more mental health um, into school districts. And so that's kind of where we started. Um, I came in and like I said, I'm going into my second year here at Morris and love every bit of it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Joy. I met her um, years ago at the OAESP um, conference and uh, I actually know April Grace who is running for uh, the, uh, the position. Um, now, if it sounds like Becky and Kelly are melting, it's like 195 degrees right now in Oklahoma. It's not really 195, but um, they were saying how, how hot it is. So you currently have two therapy dogs, Kalani and Shadow. And I have so many, so many questions, but I really want to kind of paint a picture for the listeners about what is a therapy dog? And I'm sure everybody listening has heard or seen a therapy dog at a hospital, at a school, maybe at an airport. Maybe those aren't therapy dogs. They might be sniffing, you know, for bad things, but really dogs working and providing um, a service kind of, if you will, not to synthesize, uh, not to like, you know, break it down too much. But um, Becky, how did this all come to be? Did you just wake up and we're like, we need a dog because our kids need support? How did it, how did it start? What was the impetus? Well, we were blessed to get Kelly in our school system under the core counseling grant that was offered through the State Department. And we kind of both, we were meant to be, I think we, we consider ourselves sisters now. We were meant to be working together. And one of the things was we've always, she, knowing coming off COVID and seeing the anxiety that was happening within our schools, she came to me and said, well, what do you think about therapy dogs? And I was like, well, I've always had that vision of having them come in during test taking time or potential anxiety. She said, no, I'm talking about every day. And we just kind of took that approach of not being afraid of the big idea. And I said, okay, let's go for it. And kind of oddly enough, she called me that evening probably about six hours later and say, we have a dog. And so we were like, okay, we can make this happen because it's important for our students. And so I'll kind of let her tell her story on that because I kind of understood and trusted. And like I said, we knew it was gonna benefit our students 100%. So it was like, let's just take the make it happen approach. Yeah. So 
when I when we started discussing it, it was really, and I think I even said, I said, I know this can't happen this year, but let's look at it as a two to three year plan because we need to have a plan. We need to have the finances um, of how we're going to train this dog and and have everybody on board so they're prepared for it. And we did everything further from that um, that we could possibly imagine. So what ended up happening was I reached out to a local breeder um, out of Beggs, Oklahoma, who had currently had a litter of golden doodles and she had one puppy left that looked a little bit different. Um, the puppy did not get her curls. So she looked just like a golden retriever, kind of with some bad perm ears. Um, but we, I reached out to her just to explain who I was and our long-term goal uh, to try to do some of the back research of how much money we were gonna need to come up with to purchase the dog uh, so we could start preparing for that in advance. When I explained who I was and what our plan was, she immediately responded and said, I love your idea. I would like to donate the dog to your district. And so that's how this all started. So literally I called Becky in a panic um, and said, what do we do? What do we do? And she said, say yes, we'll figure the rest out. <laughs> what do we do? I love it. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we literally did that. We, um, I went and picked up the puppy the next morning. And to be honest, I don't even think I had told my husband what was going on. I sent him a picture with the puppy sitting in the front seat of my Jeep and he goes, not another dog. We're not getting a dog. And I said, it's oh not my our gosh, dog. Kelly Baker. <laughs> he said, it's not our dog. Or I said, it's not our dog. It's the school district's dog. And so that's been the whole preface and how this started is understanding that um, this is not a personally, neither one of the dogs are personally owned. They are, they were both donated from two separate breeders. Kalani mm -hmm. came from Copeland Doodles and Kennels and Shadow came from uh, Buzzard Creek Kennels out of Morris, Oklahoma as well. And both of them were donated to our school district. So these are not privately owned dogs. Lisa Merrill is the handler for Shadow and I am the handler for Kalani and the dogs live with each of us and our families but they are owned by Morris Public Schools. So these dogs kind of have the best of both worlds. They're liability wise protected under our school district property. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds weird and sounds inhumane because they're dogs, but they literally went on our inventory. When I did inventory in May, I put a blonde golden doodle in her age and a black golden doodle in his age and their names. And they um, that's how we've been able to do this as district owned um, dogs which is a little bit different because a lot of school districts want to do it and with privately owned dogs and they run through a lot of um, red tape when they try to do that. And so we went a different route. We went what we knew we could be most successful with at the time. And when yeah, I no, called I our superintendent, he was very supportive. He goes, I trust you. I know because I'm just a researcher of like, how can we make this happen? Make sure everything's uh, and he goes, I trust you. And we've been blessed with that support along the way. Like everyone saw the big idea and said, okay, let's make it happen because it's for our kids. Yeah. So we, well, I wish more super, um, I wish more superintendents were like that and just said, I trust you rather than asked like a thousand questions and said why it won't work. So a couple quick questions. Um, I'm guessing and all the dogs that I've seen, they are doodles. Is that because there are kids that are potentially allergic? So like I have a full bred, purebred golden retriever and I love my dog. He's amazing, but he wouldn't work because some kids or adults may be allergic. Is that correct? So it's gotta be a doodle, right? Absolutely not. So it can be uh -oh. any dog. Uh, it oh, can be okay. any breed of dog at all. And people prefer 
to bring in golden doodles, uh, not mm. only because of the hypoallergenic, which what we've been told is no dog is 100% allergy free. Mm. They just have a reduced amount uh, of, of chances of shedding with the, the golden doodles, but it can be any dog. The, the biggest part of the dog is being able to have the temperament to be trained in the areas that you want. So our big focus was we needed dogs that were highly intelligent and also highly um, sociable because our clientele are kids that are loud and they're in your face and they're everywhere. And so we needed kids, dogs that could keep up with our kids and not be intimidated by them. Yeah, no, I get that. Okay, so I, people that are listening, I love what Becky and Kelly did. They just got the dog and then they asked for permission. Um, I don't know if that is the best path to follow. It worked for them in Oklahoma with their awesome superintendent. But if somebody wanted to first ask for, for permission and not ask for forgiveness. What are the steps with a school district? Because obviously, you know, it's like if you bring in like in a social emotional program or something, you know, whatever, or like, um, yeah. you know, like if you have like little squeeze-its for the kids to do, that's one thing, but you're bringing in an animal. Um, yeah. what, what were the procedures after that? Did it have to go for board approval? Is there a board policy? Because I know there's people listening and they're like, dude, I want a doodle too. I want a dog for our school. I think this would be amazing. Uh, I mean, you see them everywhere. You know, we've had yeah. a lot of wildfires in California and they bring in therapy dogs for the people that have been displaced or lost their homes. And they're in these like, you know, hotels or like these tent fortresses and they have dogs for people mm -hmm. to pet because it works. So yes. if we could like back up a little bit, what would be your recommendation on some steps to get approval? So when we present, we've been presenting at conferences here in the state of Oklahoma um, and continue to present to conferences because our big mission is to be able to show other districts how we did this step-by-step step so they can do the same thing. We want every district to mimic what we did because it is such an intimidating idea that so many districts immediately say no because they think it's just unobtainable and it's so far from the truth. So when we present, we explain the process first, talking to your superintendent, getting the superintendent's approval, um, and then moving on with obtaining the puppy. Um, we ended up going to local breeders and a lot of people have never thought about reaching out to the breeders. For a breeder, it's a tax deductible expense. So donating the puppy um, benefits the breeder besides the fact that most breeders are gonna do it just because of what the purpose of the dog represents. So we had no issue at all um, with both breeders wanting to donate these dogs to us. Uh, and then also we had another puppy that was additionally from Kalani's breeder last week that they reached out to us and said, hey, we had another litter. This puppy um, we think would make a great therapy puppy. Do you have a school district that's reached out to you that's wanting to do the same thing you all are doing that we can donate? And so that's how we were able to now pass on what's happening here to another um, school district within Oklahoma as well. But obtain the dog. Um, and we went with the angle of, we want our puppy to be raised with our children. So everybody's learning at the same time. So it is, it is kind of a weird idea to think you're potty training at school, but that's what happened. And it worked out great. Our kids took ownership in this puppy. Our kids were learning the commands. Our trainers would come down from Tulsa 
teach us the lessons, teach us the training and the ways to, in words to speak to the dogs. And so are the kids. So everybody's learning how our new routine and our way of life is. Um, once somebody is able to gain their superintendent's approval, then we recommend reaching out to local breeders, whether it's a golden doodle or a different type of dog that you want are interested in, reach out to those breeders, explain who you are and what you're trying to do. Um, and then the biggest thing is community connection. We have built so many amazing relationships within not only our county, but just outside area. Um, we had a local veterinarian that her, she's local to Morris, Oklahoma. Her family lives here. Um, her kids go to school in this district and she has a, a large veterinarian office in uh, Tulsa. And we reached out to her, um, which is nerve wracking to, to say the least when you're asking for such a big you know, request. But we reached out to her and asked, hey, is there any way you could sponsor these dogs um, initially it was Kalani first. Can you sponsor our therapy dog? And she said yes with no hesitation and takes care of all of our vet care, all of our preventative services, visits, emergency care, anything. So we don't have to worry about that as a school district. Um, so it's really comes back to building those relationships. That at that point, we then started reaching out to organizations, companies, explaining, sending pictures of our dog um, and getting the word out about what we're trying to do. And the money started flowing in. And I think that's where it, it really, people would be really surprised at how many organizations will get behind and support something like this because everybody sees the need. COVID made it very apparent, I think, to everyone to see how much anxiety and stress it's put on everyone, let alone our children and our schools. And coming back, it's just different for kids. And we wanted supports that would help them. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, I think you're right too. You start reaching out to people in the community and they're always happy to support with not just money, but their time and their expertise and, uh, and their services. So, okay, you have a dog. It is 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. How does it work for a student to get some time with a therapy dog? Is the dog just roaming around the school? What does it kind of look like dog in the hallway, on the ground with kids? How do kids access that service for themselves or an adult or, you know, what have you? Right. A big thing is they come in and do duty with us every morning. Our duty starts right off the bat and you'll see Kalani is with the elementary and shadows with the high school, middle school. And when Kalani comes in, she's in the gym greeting our kids and you can kind of, she kind of starts going through the training that she has. She can kind of see the temperament of how the kids are doing and to see a kid that might've um, witnessed something that, you know, kind of started their day a little rough. Kalani's there to support them from the start. Instantly, if we have a kid that's come in and, you know, just a little sad, Kalani will go ahead and pull Kalani and let her go in there and spend some time in Kelly's office and kind of get them started to start their day. Another thing is we do, um, teachers use it, like if they spell Kalani on their board, their whiteboard, they can come in and Kalani can come in and spend 30 minutes in their classroom. It's just developing those communications of what works. Another fun thing that we do is Kalani will read with our kindergarten classrooms during reading time. The kindergartners will read to Kalani and Kalani will just lay there and listen to her read. Our middle school and high school, we have teachers that kind of volunteer and kind of say, well, hey, let her spend, spend time with me in Spanish one class. 
uh, one interesting thing is Lisa, the other handler for Kalani and Shadow, she um, said she was walking him across the parking lot one morning and a kid just said, you know, looked a little sad and she said, good morning, how are you? And he just reached down and started petting Shadow and said, you know, I needed this this morning. I really did. I needed to start my day like this. So it's just the dogs bring the, um, the calming effect that we need for every kid to start their school day. Heck yeah. I want to, I want a dog. I want to, I want to train my dog. I have a 18 month old golden retriever that I think, um, I think would be awesome. Uh, does he ride the bus? Do your dogs ride the bus at all? Or just, it just comes with you, uh, Kelly and the other handler, or are they on the bus, on the bus with the kids in the morning and the afternoon? Oh, we've never tried that. I know they could, it wouldn't be any problem. Um, they go to sporting events. So that's one, been one of the coolest things that we've seen. Um, they were at kindergarten graduation. The night of kindergarten graduation was also academic awards for the high school that same night. So we split them up. So Shadow went to the academic awards in the cafeteria. Kalani was at kindergarten graduation at the same time. Um, we actually had two different situations that occurred during kindergarten graduation in which Kalani reacted instantly without having to be requested. So we had a kiddo, um, a nonverbal kiddo that was struggling a little bit and when the crying started happening, Kalani instantly raised up because she was going to go to where the crying was occurring. Um, she knows that her purpose. And that's been one of the neatest things to watch her grow up with our kids. And they, they understand what their job is to do. Um, we've taken them to basketball games and to baseball games. This fall will be their first season of football games. And they, they go everywhere. They represent, and what we've had kids tell us is they represent everything that shows that the community is supporting our kids and our students. They know that we are going as far as we possibly can to make sure that everyone is emotionally supported. That's the purpose of these dogs at all times. So yeah, they go to the cafeteria, they go on the playground. We have kids in the afternoons that'll come out of fourth and fifth grade and come to the office and go, hey, is Kalani in here? We'll take her outside for you. And the dogs take ownership and responsibility in that and they'll take the dogs for the walk. Um, that's just been the normal routine. So yeah, our dogs go everywhere. Everywhere that kids go, our dogs go. That's never been an issue. I love it. I'm looking at the Instagram right now and you got Kalani and Shadow just laying around, playing around um, all over the school. Make sure you go to Instagram. You can follow Kalani and Shadow, M-P-S-K-9 and then the letter S. I also know too that your Facebook is a little bit more active. Is it, If it's open to the public, can one of you uh, yeah. share the Facebook so uh, people can kind of you know, see what's going on in action and then also um, maybe send you all a message because there's probably a school in uh, Tennessee or New York or California that wants a therapy dog. And I'm sure you too would, uh, would love to help out another school, get therapy dogs in their school as well. Yes, for sure. Our Facebook page is Kalani and Shadow M-P-S K-9s and Kalani is spelled K-A-L-A-N-I. Um, and yeah, we are actually, it's funny you say that about helping other schools. Cause right now, um, I'm trying to help Molly Hudgens out of Tennessee, um, work on getting her a therapy dog out of her school. Um, she's the author of, uh, saving Sycamore. So yeah, we, we met last week at the national conference and that's been our mission now is to kind of spread it everywhere. We, we want people to understand that this is completely obtainable. And there are ways that you can overcome any obstacle to that's keeping you from being able to implement dogs in your schools. 
You know, what I'm thinking about is I've worked for many school, I've worked for a few school districts and I've worked with hundreds of school districts and school districts and schools and counties spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on programs, social emotional programs, character education programs. And I'm not saying that those programs aren't beneficial. I'm not saying that. But even if you don't get a dog donated to your school, like Becky and Kelly, um, I mean, a really nice doodle is probably going to cost about $5,000. And it's going to last a lot longer than that program that you purchased for $100,000 that is going to time out probably in a couple years. But uh, the love for a dog, I mean, just look at the military, look at police, look at just therapy dogs in hospitals, at natural disasters. Um, I mean, they're, uh, they're just everywhere. They make sense. And uh, who doesn't, who doesn't love a dog? Becky, a huge part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you, Principal Alexander. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I want to first thank you for your time today because our we want schools to know how important this is and how it benefits your students and your staff. I mean, we hadn't even got into how the benefits our staff is when they come in and just need that moment to regroup. That dog is there for them. Um, the other thing I want to tell, reach out to us. We will help in any way possible because we know um, this is important for our kids and it's a service that we want to help people know that they can do this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Becky, Kelly, thanks for all you doing. Keep hustling, keep being uh, creative, keep pushing the envelope and uh, not always asking for permission because sometimes if you have to wait and ask for permission, things don't happen because people get- I don't do that get, all the time. I don't do that all the time. <laughs> people get, you know, people get nervous. People get, I'm not sure, let's wait. How about this? How about that? And then what happens is, Nothing ever gets done because most things that never get done never get started. And sometimes you just got to make a phone call, get in your car, drive a couple hours, pick up a little dog, drive home, send your spouse a text message. Don't forget to send your uh, superintendent a text message and, um, and see where it goes. So Becky Alexander, Kelly Baker, thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for coming on the show. Everybody listening, thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.